1: I just have the best seat in the house to talk to people from all walks of life all over the world. And in that, today I'm very excited to talk to Michael Brown, the CEO and chairman of the board at Skyline Robotics, a window washing business with, using automated robots. As I started searching, which you should do, what I realized is this company is changing the whole business and the industry from Tel Aviv to all the way to New York and everywhere else. Their flagship robot, Osmo, is disrupting the 400 sorry 40 billion dollar window cleaning industry. Michael's 35 year, year career has been focused on business services and distribution roll-ups. He has led two previous companies with revenue of over 400 million have generated over five billion. This man plays big. Michael, welcome to see Christopher win big. Thank you for having me. So, Michael, first and foremost, I just have to ask you, where did this idea come from? Because in a $40 billion window industry, everybody was feeling the same problem. You and your company figured out the solution and you deserve to disrupt it. How did it come about? Sure. So um, I sold
0: my last business in 2018 to Staples and I had a Seven uh, seven year non compete. <laughs> so I stayed on with the company till 2019, and I really was looking for something new. Um, I was driving in New York on the West Side Highway, and I was looking at Hudson Yards, and I said to myself, I cannot believe people are still cleaning windows by hand. So I started a global search. Uh, looking for, you know, uh, technology that was out there. Um, I flew to Israel in November of 19. And then in December of 20, uh, during COVID, I uh, closed on a deal so I could become CEO and chairman and bring a new team to take over. So it's really something of a, hey, that's a great idea. Maybe I'll go look into it. And I'm here today.
1: You know, this is fascinating because this won't be news to you, but you're not the only person driving in Manhattan. You're not the only person seeing this problem, okay? Yeah. You seeing a problem needs solved, both at a commercial level, but also every person who is putting himself or herself at risk. 100%. And doing something about it. So I just want to go into that side of Michael. I just want to understand a little bit about your background and history is how are you wired this way where most of us drive and say, you know what, one day that should change. We don't do anything, but Michael does something. How did that come about in you? Sure. It really
0: came from my father. Um, my fa- I had worked with my father in the office supply businesses for uh, the 30 years, um, and since I was a child, my father was in the business and he would bring home invoices and we would separate the invoices on the floor pink, green, white, you know, yellow. And when I was younger, he would take me to the office and he would say, Here, sit right next to me, don't speak, just listen. And my father did a lot of acquisitions, he was an icon in the office supply industry. And I just have been around business and I've loved business forever. So I look at any problem and try to figure out some sort of easier, better solution. And in a lot of cases, you know, with what we're doing here, there are so many other benefits to mankind for this type of technology. Because, like you said, the safety is just really a big issue.
1: Now, I just want to ask you the tough question, which is, with the mind this creative, you're always looking for the easier, better solutions. Once you find one, how do you stay focused? Because you can very easily take this technology to do 10 other things. Sure. So <laughs> you got to surround yourself with
0: smart people. So I, um, I know that I have certain limitations. I'm good on one side, but I'm not good on another side. So my partner, uh, I have uh, multiple people on my team, those people compliment me. So my president and COO is someone who has been in venture, has been a COO, has, understands to stay focused in a startup. I have a CTO who created this product and invented it and understands that you'll never get anything done unless you're focused. So We have uh, been able to put guardrails up because like you said, the technology really is, it's not about window cleaning, right? It's about the artificial intelligence that drives the hardware. And this can work in agriculture, aerospace, maritime, transportation. So we just really stayed focused on trying to hit the vertical with window cleaning Um, and then expand the services within the window cleaning, but first just at least get the product to clean windows. So we Mm -hmm. believe we're there uh, on that. And then we're moving into inspection services um, to be on the side of the building. So we wanna
1: own the facade Mm -hmm. of a skyscraper. Wow. And you know, what I just learned is it's very easy once you build a freeway to add more lanes. Exactly. Instead, you are saying, I want to own this lane every possible way. So you are going deeper instead yeah. of going wider. Well, we're going deeper. And what we're trying to do
0: is we're trying to give transparency. So our once we get the inspection services, which is really just adding a couple cameras to uh, our robot, Now you're going to be able to give building owners who are spending billions of dollars transparency on the health of their facade, which Mm -hmm. they don't have right now. The only way they have that is if someone was up there cleaning a window or every five years they're doing an inspection service. Here, we can provide real-time data so that they can make decisions on, okay, we have an HVAC leak on the 47th floor and we have one on 38. We can't hold off anymore. We have to go fix it. So we're going to be hitting on ESG, sustainability, everything that the real estate industry is desperate for on the outside of the building. They have a lot on the inside, but no one focuses on the outside.
1: And yeah, and I think in this process, what I'm also loving this is you're becoming my one-stop outside partner, not consultant. And the reason I say partner is with a human being, inspecting, I just think it has to be triggered by the business, but you have a continuous way of always measuring to the point where once I hand over the control to you, I sleep amazing at night knowing that my partner will take regular pictures and I don't have to worry about it and just brings it back to compliance, to transparency about standards. I really love that. Absolutely. Yeah, That's no,
0: it. absolutely. The the opportunity um, for the real estate industry to take a real big step forward on the infrastructure of the building is here now for the taking. And the real estate industry has been huge supporters because they know they need it. Listen, in in a market like New York specifically, of all window cleaners are over the age of 40. And you've had 176% growth in new window uh, with buildings being built. So you've got an aging workforce, you've got more windows to clean, and the real estate people that have portfolios, the people like the Silversteins of the world, understand that they have to get a hold of their assets and their labor. So this is, for them, a solution that they know that they have to adopt to, because while today, you know, the labor rates are X, because we have such a declining labor, because who wants to be on the side of a building can be 100 degrees, Mm -hmm. you know, you're going back and forth, people get sick. I was on the top of a building uh, during the summer, and, and I can't get over uh, what these guys have to go through for a job. And it's dangerous, and people die every year. Um,
1: and it's just something that just shouldn't be anymore. You know, one of the things I don't want to miss what you just said is as our fearless leader, you put yourself in the situation to feel firsthand what the workplace conditions are. And that oh, takes you to the next level. So I really think that you cannot fake it. You really have to feel it for you to be passionate. And I really think that's a big lesson for all of us hearing is this is not just a financial decision. This is a man with a passion feeling what it is. Oh, yeah. It. No, no, no. This is, a, this is, to me, the only way this is not
0: successful is if I don't execute. Because okay. the demand is something that I've never seen before in my career or anything. I mean, I was one of the first dealers in Keurig coffee with the K-cups in offices. That was a bonanza. This it should be 10 times the bonanza that Keurig was just because I've never seen globally mm-hmm. such a demand. And it's and it's in two categories, right? It's in new construction. So new construction is a very big category for us. We're working on a lot of different projects. And then there are 60,000 cranes around the world that can be retrofitted with our robots without changing anything to the building. Oh. So you know we feel that we are in very good shape for trying to help the real estate community uh, get a hold of
1: you know their assets. so, taking a step back, a journey like this does not happen without some major obstacles and as a leader, how you overcome those defines you. Without getting into anything proprietary, are you comfortable sharing in this journey some big challenges that you faced that you and your team were very proud when you came on the other side? Sure, sure. Um, I
0: would say the biggest obstacle was my knowledge of the product um, in the beginning. Uh, I thought when I got there that, oh, ready to go, let's go, let's sell, let's do it. We're ready, we're ready, we're ready. And what I found out quickly is that, you know, we were nowhere close and that we needed to move quickly to commercialize it from a prototype. And we got a... we were able to get on board, get everyone going, commercialize it from a prototype into something that can be you know, outside. It has to be waterproof, IP67 rating. Um, so I would say that was one of the bigger challenges is to get an understanding of, okay, where really is the product today? And on my way to ahead of the product with commercialization. The good news is that we were able to bridge that gap. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of that had to do with moving more into the new construction today uh, while this is going on. And the good news is that the adoption and new construction globally is alarm, uh, alarming in a good way. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I hope we can
1: keep up with demand, uh, but yeah. I think that's a great problem to have. So that's a great problem to have. It it is. It is a great problem to have. Now, let me ask you about the team, because you referred to quite a few times about surrounding yourself with incredible people. Yes. So not just in the current business, you have had an amazing track record over, you know, last 35 years, building wealth for a lot of companies and teams. When you look at somebody at a senior level, What are some guidance that you can give us based on your experience on hiring people that will fit the culture and the team?
0: Sure. Um, So in in this organization, I really have handed that off to um, the president and the uh, VP of uh, R&D. Because we have 21 people in Israel that are doing our R&D. And then we have two people in New York, uh, myself and the president, that's handling the overall business. Um, what I have always done in my career is look for like-minded people, people who have an understanding being at the highest level, sense of urgency. Sense of urgency to me is imperative. Um great family values mean a lot to me. Um, Someone that understands that yes, I have to have a good balance work life and home life because that does play into the world. Um, And I I try to explain to people that work for me that the people we work with are people And yes, they work for us, but they have lives and they have children and they have kids get sick and things happen and and so forth. So. Rational people, to me, is very important. Um, People that believe in something bigger than themselves is very important. Um, You know, this is a mission. You know, this is. I don't have to tell you startups, they all 95% of them fail, you know, and, and so forth. But it's passion, it's experience, it's surrounding yourself, not just with the best employees, but great advisors. I have a whole advisory board that don't work day to day with me, but are in the industries around me so that I can keep myself in touch with what is really going on and what's the what's needed in the marketplace, not what am I going to build and give to the marketplace? So we we are very much into customer feedback and having this journey become more of an industry journey rather than one company trying to come out with something and say, here's how you do it.
1: Yeah, two things that hit me as you were sharing. One is what you just said is, you have a responsibility towards the category because you are redefining the category, not just building the business. And the second is what I started writing down, it just really is an amazing thought you shared is rational people who believe in something bigger. I love that. Because I really think that that and talking about the family values and the balance, you know, individuals are all important and together we are creating something big. I really think that is something that really resonated. Yeah, no, I mean, listen, one of the biggest, one of the
0: happiest and most depressing days was the day that uh, the first my first company was sold uh, in 2006. We had about 950 employees and every and the company had been, you know, companies, when they go through their life cycle, they have good, good years, bad years, and then they come around and hopefully they start clicking And when I sold that, when that company was sold, we literally were just starting to hit our stride. Everyone loved to come to work and our employees were really upset with us uh, about selling it because it was a part of their life. Mm -hmm. And that was one thing that I took away that I'll never forget in how important and how embedded all of the employees are into the DNA of the whole entire company. And I never forget, forgot that. I never did it before. My father used to say to me "I when I was younger, I used to, he used to stick me in the warehouse and say, listen, everyone's looking at you. You better make sure you set an example. And I'm friends with people that are from a janitor all the way up to a CEO. So I don't care what your title is. If you're working with me or if you're a customer, if you're just a person, I'm going to try to treat you with respect. And I think that that is a hard thing um, to get in startups because traditionally I've seen what at least what I've seen is younger generation, a lot of passion, a lot of sweat equity into it. But they don't have that tutelage around them of what's happened in the past to be able to make sure that
1: I don't make the same mistakes again. Yeah, I also appreciate you sharing about your dad because many a time, amazing leaders and individuals like that is not what they say, but also what they do that create a lifetime of imprint in our lives. And I really like that whole concept of every person gets the equal amount of respect. And I really think that's a great pillar to build. No, thank you. So now, if you want to take all this wisdom from your dad, everything else you've learned, if you just had to take one piece of learning or wisdom that you want to take forward tomorrow, what's one of the most important wisdoms or learnings that you have that you want to take with you tomorrow?
0: Empower your employees. Love that. How do you do that? So you do that by giving them the ability to make decisions and let them know that they will make mistakes and that's okay, as long as you don't make the same mistake a second time. I love that. Um, that. But that, I found that, especially in service organizations, you know, my father actually wrote a book called, uh, I think it was, uh, Yes is More. And, you know, when you're in a service industry, everyone wants to say no. I want to, we want to say yes. Tell me what your problem is. Tell me how we can solve your problem. Let's collaborate. Let's figure this out. Because at the end of the day, business in my world is relationships. And to your point, you want to know that whoever you gave that to is going to get it done and you feel that you trust them to get it done. And mm-hmm. that is a that is a big thing in business that I have found over the years is loyalty to um, your manufacturers, your customers, and your employees are critical. Um, transparency is critical. And like I said, you know, a company is made up of people. The product is, you know, it's output, but the company are the people. And that's
1: what we wanna really continue to make sure that we're focused on. So you have talked a lot about your team, but the next question I call is the BS question, but BS I define as brag shamelessly. If you take a step back, what is one thing you are very proud of that you want to brag shamelessly to your friends and the world. I guess it would be
0: uh, second chances and growth. Um, you know we're we're in a world of cancel culture and people do things wrong and then they can never do right. And I'm more of the type of person that says, "Hey, listen, I want to keep growing as an individual. And I have had stumbles, divorce, and things of that nature. But I'd say that the one thing that I'm so proud of is where I came out after that, right? So after that, I got into a phenomenal relationship. I raised my children for the past 10 years with this woman. I've just had another baby that's eight months old. So, you know, and it's, you know, so I have an 18 year old all the way down an eight month old. And while that's been all going on and I've been enjoying all that, I've been able to work with a phenomenal team to build something that doesn't exist, that is needed, wanted, and will be, Prevalent in our lives very soon. So I think, listen, I think this is a bonanza. I personally, you know, by the way, it, it, I can't say enough about the opportunity of the
1: business. I love that. And I love the energy you have of connecting your dad, your wife, your family, your kids, and your professional family. And at the same time, you giving us all directions and guidance to move forward. I really feel that whole energy of trust. And what I loved was you talked about a second back was empowerment starts with trust is really huge. So now I'm going to take you to a very personal, goofy question. You just get an evite and you open the evite to see that you have got this evite where a 16-year-old Michael Brown 100 year old Michael Brown and you, three of you are planning to meet. So the question is, where would this meeting happen physically? And secondly, what do you think the conversation would be between 16 year old you, 100 year old you and you today? So, I think it would take place
0: uh, in Napa Valley. Um, There's a a vineyard that I love called 100 Acre there. And I think we would meet there. And I think that if I turned to the 16-year-old, I would say, don't ever give up. Don't ever stop believing in yourself. You're going to get there. Um, To the 90-year-old, I would say I cannot believe where we've been (laughs) Um, because, listen, I'm 51 or 52 years old. I, I, I feel like I've done a tremendous amount with my life, and I actually feel like it's really just beginning again. Um, so, you know, it's been, it's been great. Uh, I love all the chapters and, you know, to be able to reminisce with myself through the years, it would be great. Um, and I don't want to know what happens, you know, so I, I believe excitement is what drives me, um, nervousness drives me. Listen, I right now I'm waiting on a phone call right now that, you know, there's a big meeting today that should be phenomenal for my business moving forward. Some people will be worried. I look at it as something to
1: to grab a hold of and run with it. Love that. Live at the intersection of excitement and nervousness. So Michael, this has been a fascinating conversation. Two final thoughts. One, is there anything else that you would like to add that we have not talked about? Um,
0: yeah, I think that the one thing that I would add is I hope that legislation is put in place as quickly as possible to adopt autonomous uh, you know, automation because it's just like autonomous cars. Here, autonomous cars, they drive. The amount of deaths that would go down tomorrow wouldn't be 100% perfect, but it would be far greater than where we are today.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And everyone's waiting for it to be zero. And, you know, we have to make steps in progress. And I think that if we don't make those steps, we're going to lose a lot of very important people in our lives. And those could be people in cars or could be, you know, because we're using autonomous, you know, we're using LiDAR for our technology. So it's the same thing. So the technology exists to save lives. And we just need to get updated and start looking at the world as where it is today, not where it was 30, 40 years ago.
1: Brilliant. Love that. So, Michael, thank you. And you were absolutely awesome to share. No, thank really you. We appreciate that. As we close, it's only fair for you to me to ask you, is there any questions you have for me that I would love to try to answer? Sure.
0: Are there any businesses that you think are, uh, that you would like to see explode in an industry? that you think is a big, you know, like in window cleaning, they have no automation. But, you know, from what you see with all the people that you've met with, do you think there's something
1: of an opportunity that you see for yourself in the future? Yeah, to me, I think, you know, as you were talking about, I kept looking at nearly any industry. Because at the end, the world we are in is changing much faster than ever before. For example, a client of mine who are in a decently low tech industry who make wings realized that there's an automated way to make wings, which is more consistent, faster, but more importantly, you can trace the ingredients that went into every wing, every time. Wow. But the wisdom that you also gave me is don't go for the 0% error because this robot is decently moody. It times it throws things and all we said was, hey, put a glass behind it so that way it's safe as you go through. But I really feel as people are listening to the conversation, they should not just think that Michael Brown found that one industry that needs change. I really think every industry oh change. Anything with a dirty, dangerous... The whole job needs changing. Everything, and the whole question is, my request is, as we start driving down a freeway and we see the window cleaning, instead of thinking somebody should do better, you taking that responsibility, finding what works, building the team around and creating the solution one step and and forward, but more importantly, owning the outside facade. I really think if I just take that concept to any company, anywhere, you should be an inspiration to every one of them every time, Michael. So Thank you very much. Very nice to meet you and really enjoyed the conversation. Truly, it's a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you.
0: You've been listening to Secrets to Win Big with Arjun Sen, founder and CEO of Zen Mango, top brand growth driver and a former Fortune 500 executive who has been called one of the most marketing intelligent minds in the business. To learn more, visit www.zenmango.com. Share this podcast with your friends and subscribe wherever you like to listen to podcasts.